0: Thanks for tuning into Dream City Omaha where we're all about helping each other discover Christ, recover identity, and uncover purpose. We hope this message impacts your life and be sure to like and subscribe for more. We're going to pick up where we where we started a couple weeks ago. We we started a series entitled Recommit. And in really this idea of recommit, what am I recommitting or maybe some of you committing for the first time too? We're we're specifically talking about the vision and the values that we have as Dream City Church. And uh, and so we started this two weeks ago by looking at vision and values. And we'll kind of go back over that. Last week, like I said, we were we were out of town. We were driving from Charleston to Savannah. We, we watched Pastor Rob's message on the way there. Didn't Rob Johnson do a great job last week? I know he's not here, but can we put our hands together for my friend Rob? Rob Jay is an incredible man. Uh, great friend of mine, but, but he was with us last week and, and so today're we're going we're to gonna kind of pick up where we where we left off uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, and I told you when when angel and I took over the church four years ago, praying into that and, and going into that was was asking God what is, what, is, what is our calling specifically? what are you wanting to do through dream city? who are we going to be? Where are you taking us And the scripture he gave me was John chapter 10 and verse 10. And here's what the Bible says in John 10.10. 10. It says that the, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy, but Jesus is speaking. He says, but, but I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. See, Jesus' purpose was to come so that, that you can have abundant life. And yes, that, is, that, that abundant life is the, the hope and the promise of eternity in heaven with him one day. But the life that he's specifically speaking about in this text is our lives here and now. That yes, we have hope. And yes, there is this glorious expectation that that one day should we be here when that trumpet sounds, that we will be caught up in the air with him. But, But... but in the meantime, there is abundance to be lived in and abundance to be found now. We said that, that our vision, what we do is this. We exist, go ahead and put that up. We exist to lead all people from all places into the freedom and fullness found into abundant life in Christ. Now, again, this is what we talked about two weeks ago, but, but this is the vision of Dream City Church. This is who we are called to be. This is what we are called to do. Everything that happens, outside of this ministry or as a result of this ministry, we'll always go back to, to this, Amen. to helping you find that abundant life that Jesus has already paid for you to have. I was reminded this week of, of a, a time in, in my son's life. He's my oldest. He's 15 years old. He's a freshman in high school now. Pray for me. Um but I remember when he was in kindergarten, and when he was in kindergarten, there was this girl in his class that, you know, in kindergarten, like, you have crushes, and it's like, oh, I like this person, and I like this person, and this person sent me a note, and it said, check yes or no, right? Like, we we remember, we remember those times, but he had this, there's this girl in his class, just the sweetest little girl, and her name was Emma, and Jay's kind of he, he kind of had his first kindergarten crush on Emma, and he's not in here right now, but if he was, I would... Oh, he is. He's sitting in the back today <laughs> rather than sitting up front with his mother where he should be. <laughs> Just kidding, son. I love you. But he was in kindergarten. He had a, a crush on this girl named Emma, and in his, his kindergarten class had a field trip to Skateland. They were going to go roller skating, and so we, we get there with the class, we ride the bus, we get there, we, we pay at the door, we go in. Jace has never been roller skating in his life. He's never put on skates in his life. And not that I'm like the, the, world's, greatest, the, the world's greatest roller skater, you know, I, 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 that's not my thing. Um, but when he put the skates on, have you ever seen somebody roller skate for the very first time, it looks like a giraffe being born. (laughs) And you know what I'm talking about? Like that paints a very clear image in your head of just like legs, just arms, limbs flying everywhere. And so we, we get out, we get out to the, to the, to the skating rink and I put mine on, he puts his on and, and we're, we're skating around the rink, and Jace is just like two feet down, two feet down, two feet down. I mean, his knees have to be like bruised and swollen at this point. So, so I pick him up, and I'm like, let me hold your hand, son. And he said, no. <laughs> I said, well, let me, let me help you. Let, you know, I, I can help you, and I can make this easier for you, and I, I bet you would have a better time. If you would just let me assist you. And he said, no, dad, I've got this. Gets the stubbornness from his mother. He said, no, dad, I've got this. And they had these little, they had these little PVC pipe. Like they, looked like, they looked like a walker. You know what I'm talking about? But they had like like, like wheels and, and tennis balls on them so that the kids could hold on to it like a, like a walker and they could skate around. I said, do you want me to get you one of those? And he says, no, dad. I don't want one of those. He's like, okay, well, is there anything that I can do to help you? He's like, no, just let me figure it out. I said, okay. And at this point I said, well, I'm gonna go sit down. If you need my help, you just call me. I said, okay, dad. And I sat there against the the wall and I watched my son and, and, and really here's what was happening. What was happening was that Emma had these rollerblades that she would skate around the neighborhood on every day. And so she's out there like, skating circles around people and Jace is watching her and he's falling and he doesn't want his dad to come and help him. Just let me do this dad. But as his father, I remember watching him and I'm watching him fall and I'm watching him fall and I'm watching him stumble. I'm watching him, him get beat up and bruised and hurt. And, and I'm, I'm sitting there like I could, I could help you in a second if you would just let me. But my son didn't want my help, and I wasn't going to impose myself on him. If you want my help, I'm here. And when we came through the door, I didn't pay $15 at the door for you to fall over and over and over and over and over and over again. I didn't, I didn't pay for you to go through this experience. I paid for you to have fun. And I think at times that's how God is. Like I, I didn't send my son to pay the price for abundance just for you to fall and fall and fall and fall and stumble through life and get bruises and get scars and get banged up. If you would just let me help you, but I'm not going to impose myself, you have to ask. And I think that's, that's the, the picture of that abundant life, that that Jesus has already paid the price. We just need to reach out our hand and take his. We have to allow him to to come alongside of us. And so so everything that we do is to, to help you and to help those who aren't here yet find that abundance. Not an abundance of material wealth, not an abundance of things, not so that you can have three storage units to stuff with all the stuff that you've accumulated and acquired, but an abundance of joy, an abundance of love, an abundance of, of peace in your life that comes through life in Christ. And so, so how do we do that? Last Two weeks ago we talked about the mission. How do we do that? And, and Pastor Kevin mentioned it this morning. It's about discovering Christ, recovering identity, and uncovering purpose. If we can do those three things, that's what unlocks the abundant life for us to live. So we talked about vision. We, we talked about mission. Vision is the what. The mission is the how. But over the next couple of weeks, I want us to look at the values because the values are why. Values determine why we do what we do. The, the values that we hold are not just things that, that we, we celebrate. They're not just things that we appreciate, but they are, are things that we pursue. They're things that we protect. They, they, they are the 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 guiding rule book for everything that we do here at Dream City Church. And remember, I told you two weeks ago that when we talk about, when we talk about values or we talk about vision, we talk about mission, it's not just organizationally, the, the, the vision of an organization, but we as the church have to take these values and apply them to our lives. We have to take this vision and make this a part of of our lives. We have to to make sure that it's about something that we do as individuals so that corporately and collectively, we can all be moving in the exact same direction. So as we we talk about values, there are seven values that we have here at Dream City. Today, we're going to talk about four. Next week, we will finish with the last three, but I want to give them all to you up front. Here are the things that we value at Dream City Church. Number one, we value God first putting him first in every area. We're gonna talk about these, we're gonna unpack these a little bit, but we value transformed lives, we value excellence, generosity, authentic community, we value unity and diversity, and we value honoring others. If you're, if you're quickly scribbling, trying to, to, to get those down, if you just download the Dream City Omaha app, all of the sermon notes are in there. Saves you from, from having to write those down. But we're gonna go through these one by one, uh, again, today and next week. But, but the first one is God first. As we, we think about putting God first, we have to remember, you know, we, we've heard the, the phrase in the saying that you have to do the first things first. You guys have, have heard that, right? Doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're you're putting together a piece of furniture, you got to do the first things first. You got to follow the instruction manual. I was reminded. We've all seen something like this, right? It's a Lego instruction manual. My my third son Carter he loves putting Legos together. But what I love and what I appreciate about the the Lego book is it literally takes you from step one through this particular one has like step 197. This was a rather large project. But it starts with it starts with with step one. And you get those two, and it shows you the exact pieces that you need and it shows you where to connect them, and then it takes you to step two and then step three and then step four. But you you if you've ever put together Legos, you know you can't just jump in on step forty-one without having done step one into through forty first. There's a process in which you, you need to do things. And when we, when we talk about putting God first, it's, it's the exact same way for our lives. Like there is an order in which we are to do things. The same way that we can't just pick up the Legos and yeah, we could freestyle and we could get creative and, and we can look at the box and know what it's supposed to look like. But if we try and put those Legos together together, Just by knowing what it's supposed to look like without following the instructions of how to get there, we're we're never going to get them to match. And in our lives, we might know what we want it to look like. We might even know what it's supposed to look like. But if we don't follow the instruction manual for our lives and and have the right order in our lives, then our lives are never going to be what we want them to be. They're never going to look the way that we want them to look. When you put together the Legos, you're, you're constantly stopping to evaluate. You don't want to get too far ahead in the process only to realize you missed a step and you missed a piece. And then you have to start taking things apart to go back where you kind of got off track. How often do we do that in our lives? Do we sit down and do we evaluate our lives based on God's word and say, God, am I, am I, am I doing this in the right order? Am I doing this the way that I'm supposed to, to do this? Because the, the order in your life is God first, and it has to be God first. And if you try and do anything, anything outside of the correct order, it's going to fall apart. When the children of Israel left Egypt and God brought them into the desert and he's preparing them to, to take the land that he had promised them, he He says, hold on now, I have to to establish some ground rules. There are things that that you need to know, and there's an order that needs to be present in your lives if you are to go where I've called you to go and do what I've called you to do and and be ultimately the people that I've I've created you to be. And and he gives them what we know is the Ten Commandments. And we find the Ten Commandments in the book of Exodus in the 20th chapter. And when God gives them the commandments, what's the very first command that God gives them? You shall have no other gods, right? God first. What's he saying? He's saying, listen, before you do anything else, you got to love me first. You got to put me first. There can't be anything that comes above me. If there's anything in our lives that comes before God, what happens? It's out of order. What is disorder? Disorder is chaos. If you look at your life and you recognize it as being chaotic, what does that mean? That means that things are out of order. Anytime things are out of order, you need to go back to where they got out of order. You need to reorder them and then you need to press on. In what area of your life do you need to put God first? You need to put first in, in your personal life? How's your, how's your devotion time? How's your personal time with the Lord? Are you, are you getting into his word on a daily basis? Are you spending time with him on a daily basis? Is he first in your relationships? Is he first in your marriage? Is he, is he first in your home? Is he first in your business? Is he first, is he first in your bank account? It's challenging. It's challenging. But that's the, that's the truth. That's how we are called to live. That is the divine order that is established for us in God's word. And if we want to live the abundant life that, that Christ has paid for us to live, we can, we can keep falling around the track of life all day. We can keep stumbling. We can keep bruising our knees. But if we want to live in, in abundance, we have to make sure that we are putting God first. When God gives them the commandments, he, he outlines that. And then later in the New Testament, Jesus is asked, what's, what's the greatest commandment in, in all of the law? Not just the Ten Commandments, but, but the entirety of the law of Moses. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment? Here's Jesus' response, Matthew chapter 22. You must love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. What's he saying? He's saying God has to come first. The most important command is to put God first. Because when you establish the order of your life around God first, everything else can find its way into Ordered. So number one, we value God first. We value putting Him first in, in every area of our lives. Everything that we do here at Dream City is ordered around that. We won't make a decision without praying first. We won't, we won't do anything without seeking him first because we don't want this to be what we want. We don't want this to be based on our plans or our dreams or our wants or our desires. But God, what are what are your plans and what are what are your dreams and what are your desires for us? So God, would you lead us into the future that you have already ordained for us to walk in? but that doesn't happen until we put him first. The second thing that we value is transformed lives. We value, I celebrate stories of life transformation. I love stories of life transformation. I, 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 had, lunch with, I had lunch with a pastor uh, this, this last week. And as we were sitting there at Panera, we were, we were having this conversation. We, we were kind of just, just talking about everything that the last couple of years has brought, how difficult it's been. And he, he looked at me and he says, okay, like we, we can both recognize, we both empathize. it's been hard, it's been difficult, it's been a challenge, it's been a struggle. Yes, he said, but what gets you out of bed? He said, because if we focus on the negative, it would be enough to make us want to quit. And there are pastors leaving ministry in record numbers right now. But he said, what makes you get out of bed? I said, what makes me get out of bed is the stories of life transformation. And the stories of life change that, that come out of the ministry and, and what God is doing here at Dream City. That's what makes it worth it. I will, I will put up with, with, with 20 COVID pandemics. Lord, don't let it be, but I would. Right? Like, like I would put up with that so many times over, just to hear the stories of life change and life transformation that have come out of the last year. We celebrate that. We value that. We pursue that. So, so everything that we do is geared around leading people into that transformed life, creating environments and creating context that, that people can come in and experience and hear the word of the Lord and the Holy Spirit can, can stir their heart to a point that leads them to salvation. That's what it's all about. That's the mandate that God gave us was to go and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to obey all the commands that Jesus gave. That's that's who we are. That's what we're supposed to do. And so when those stories come and you see families mended in lives that were broken, being put back together through the power of God and his word, it's incredible and it's amazing. And I love it. Acts chapter eight is, is one of my favorite one of my favorite stories, it's the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch is what we, what we know him as. And it's a, it's a story that, that I love. It's a story that really, if we, if we really wanted to unpack it, we could be here for hours unpacking it. I'm not going to make you go through that today, maybe at a later time. But Acts chapter 8, Philip is, is preaching. And then at the prompting of the Holy Spirit, he, he, he's told by the Spirit, led by the Spirit to go down. A different road. And as he's as he's traveling down this road, he he encounters this man, a, a man of position, a man of prominence. He was the he was the the treasurer for the queen of, of Ethiopia. And and he's reading from the prophet Isaiah, and he has this life-changing encounter. Acts chapter 8. Go ahead and put that scripture up. Philip is traveling at the behest of the Holy Spirit. So says that Philip ran over as this man is traveling on this caravan. He heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah, a particular portion of scripture in Isaiah that that Isaiah is is writing about the Messiah to come. It's It's a prophecy about the coming Messiah that he will be led like a sheep to the slaughter. And Philip asks him, he says, do you understand what you are reading? And the man replies, how can I? Unless somebody instructs me. And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. So this man is traveling home. He's traveling home, the Bible tells us, from Jerusalem back to Ethiopia. That in and of itself is an incredible journey. It's about a a two-month journey in that day. So, So two months ago, this man set out from Ethiopia to Jerusalem. The Bible tells us that he went there to worship God, which is an interesting statement because not just anybody was allowed into the temple to worship God. Acts chapter 20, 22, I think it is, Paul brings a group of of Greeks into the temple to worship. And the Bible tells us that they wanted to stone Paul because he brought these foreigners into the temple to worship God. So what does it tell us that he's there to worship? It tells us that either he was was born of Jewish descent or he he was converted to Judaism. One way or the other, he wasn't, he wasn't just a random man who traveled two months and, and kind of stood there hoping he got a ticket for the show. He knew he would be able to go in, so, so there's something different about this man. He, he was allowed in to worship. He went into the temple to worship, but now he has a life-changing encounter with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So he had religion, but he didn't have relationship. You can come to the temple and worship every week and still need a life-changing encounter with God. You can come to the temple and worship every week and still not be living in the abundant life that Christ has paid for you to have. So he's traveling back from church. He's on his way home, two months journey ahead of him, reading from the prophet Isaiah, has no idea what he's even reading about. Philip being led by the spirit comes alongside. Sir, do you understand that? I don't understand any of this. He's reading it in Hebrew. So he's an educated man. He says, I don't understand any of this unless somebody's gonna teach me. So what does Philip do? I can teach you. So he jumps up and he begins to teach him and he shares with him the good news of Jesus Christ. He knew the rules, he knew the regulations, he knew the temple law, he he knew all of that, but he didn't know Jesus. Philip jumps up there and he introduces him to Jesus. Look at what what happens next in the story. As they rode along, so Philip has presented the gospel, and as they rode along, they came to some water, and the man says, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. It's a story of life change. It's a story of transformation. It's a story of somebody who went from religion to relationship. It's a story of somebody who met Jesus for the first time, reading God's word, being instructed by somebody else, but the Holy Spirit working all along on his heart and to bring Philip alongside of him. It's an incredible picture of what evangelism is supposed to look like because it gives us three things that are needed. Three things that are needed for lives to be transformed. Number one is the power of the word of God. He's reading from the prophet Isaiah. He's reading from God's word. Number two is the Holy Spirit's work. The Holy Spirit working on the man and bringing Philip. And then number three, the the power of somebody to come alongside and instruct. The power of a, a human evangelist is needed. That's you, just so you're aware. Your, your role in this story is to be a Philip. You were called to be a Philip, and he didn't do some crazy thing. All he did was, okay, Holy Spirit, you want me to go talk to this person? I can do that and be ready to answer questions as needed. But those are the three things. Those are the three things that we see in this story. Those are the three things that I see in my story. You talk to anybody who has had that life-changing encounter with God, those are the three things that are present in their story. And I celebrate that and I love that. And it's what gets me going every, every single day. One particular story that, that I love, in, and it's a story of a, of a man who's, who's here today. I don't know if he's in the service. Patrick, are you in the service? Patrick is sitting down here third row. But Patrick is, is an incredible man. If you haven't met Patrick and, and his family, you need to, you need to do so. Um, but Patrick, in, in two days, is it, the, is it two days that you're celebrating your one year anniversary? 23rd of November will be one year since he surrendered his life to Christ. Next Sunday, he's getting baptized. We're having a baptism next Sunday. If anybody wants to be baptized, if your life's been changed, you want to make that public declaration and take that next step in your walk with Jesus, next Sunday we're baptizing folks. So sign up for that. But next Sunday he's being baptized and we're going to celebrate with him next Sunday. But in the last year to see the, the transformation that has happened in this man's life has been nothing short of incredible. There's a voicemail that we got December of last year. Nobody knew Patrick. Patrick was one of those guys that just kind of came in, was here for a couple of weeks, was invited by his friend Tony. I don't know if Tony's here today. Tony typically works back in the coffee shop. But was invited by Tony. Tony invites his friend Patrick. Patrick is like, no, nah, what do I want church for? Like, I don't want to go to church. Tony keeps inviting Patrick. Patrick finally relents and says, okay, I'll go to church if you just stop bothering me, kind of one of those things. <laughs> he comes to church. His life has changed. He brings his family to church. His family has changed. And, and I remember one of the first conversations I had with Tony was several months, several months after this as he began taking these steps. And, and he says, you know, Pastor John, I, I, I never had a relationship with my biological father. I never had a relationship with my heavenly father. I never, never had a relationship with any father. He said, but, but now that I have a relationship with my heavenly father and I've been, I've been studying his word, he said, I've been going back and listening to all your old messages. And I came across the Ten Commandments and where it says to honor your father and mother. He says, that was hard for me. It was difficult. I didn't want to do that because, because I never knew my dad. He left and all of that. He said, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me and says, you need to call him. He says, you need to call him. He said, what do I need to do that for? And so he said, I'll write a letter. So he wrote a letter and put it in his desk. He said, every day, God was saying, when are you gonna mail that letter? When are you gonna mail that letter? He said, finally, I called him. He said, we, we've been talking every week since. The relationship that, that, that I never had with my, my father has been, has been restored. And it's incredible hearing the, the story. And, and I remember the voicemail. I remember it was December of last year. We got a voicemail on the church phone. And, and so, so whoever was here checking the messages recorded it and just sent it to the rest of us like, hey, here's a cool message. Like, I don't know who this guy is. This guy could be a, a crackpot for all we know. Like, I don't know what's going on. But, but they said, you know, this, this is a cool message. And so we've actually had that saved for the last year. And, and I have it. And so I want to play it for you today. But this was, this was about one year ago right after Patrick's first week here at the church. Guys, if you have that, go ahead and push play on that. Hello, uh, my name is Patrick Kinchler. Uh My wife and family and I just started going to the church. Uh, Tony Aguilera brought us there uh, with intention. Uh, just as the call is nothing more than a call of gratitude, I think about you this morning, my prayers. Uh, and I hope that you're blessed and I hope that your timing is well and I hope that things will pick up for you guys. Uh, and I pray for all those things, but, uh, again, this call is mostly a call of gratitude. Uh, your message is a message that, uh, convinced me, uh, it brought the presence of Christ in my heart. Uh, it's a pretty cool thing. I didn't grow up religious. Uh, I didn't grow up around God. I didn't grow up with Jesus in my heart. Um, so I thank you for giving that to me. I appreciate your message. Can't wait to hear you talk on Sunday. Dude, in in one sense, feels like it's been so much longer than a year. But at the same time, like that was just yesterday. And to see what God is, what He's doing in your family, and in your marriage, and now in your kids' lives. Yesterday we had our downtown outreach to the homeless population down there. And, and Patrick, as a result of, of his business and, and, and what he does, and just through relationship and through, through your efforts as, as well, was able to, to collect and distribute over 600 items of clothing to the, to the homeless population downtown. He's, he's leading a men's group on Tuesday mornings. Just incredible what God has, has done and what was broken and in shambles And what God has restored, that's what it's all about. So when we say we value life transformation, when we say we value transformed lives, that's what it is, and that's why. And not just for Patrick and his wife Anna's sake, but Evelyn, for your sake too, sweetheart. And for Carter and for your kids and for your grandkids and the legacy that now you are able to leave for future generations because of the power of God's word active in your life. We celebrate that. And, and this is just one story. We could, we could stay up here and we could continue telling story after story after story. But that's why we do what we do. We value putting God first. We value life transformation. The third thing that we value is we value excellence. We value doing things with excellence and we, we value being excellent. We, we, we often can think of excellence as being the best, But excellence is not being the best. Excellence is being your best. Excellence is not surpassing everybody around you, but excellence is being better tomorrow than you were today. Excellence is is, is continuing to put one foot in front of the other, doing everything that you can using the gifts and the talents and the strengths that God has given you, not to glorify yourself, but to bring glory to him. 1 Corinthians tells us that, that, that let everything that you do glorify the Father. Everything that that you do, Colossians chapter three says, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart. Give all of yourself to that. Don't hold anything back. Don't go halfway, but, but pursue excellence in every area of your life. There's a quote from Martin Luther King Jr., and I love this quote. He said this, he said, if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music, or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. I love that quote because it doesn't matter who we are and it doesn't matter what we we do, we can be excellent in that. We can pursue excellence in that, and it's not just making sure that the things that we're doing, we're doing with excellence, but it's also making sure that the things that we're doing are excellent and worth doing. It's about evaluating our lives. God, am I, am I doing just good things or am I doing the excellent things? Am I, am I just okay in my relationship with you or am I pursuing excellence in that? Am I holding anything back from you or am I giving it, am I giving it all to you. The pursuit of excellence from, from a an agnostic worldview is about climbing a ladder and surpassing people around me and being the best so that I get recognition and I get fame and I get fortune. But but the pursuit of excellence from a biblical worldview is not about any of those things, but but it's always tied to the values and the priorities of God's kingdom. Yeah, and God's kingdom is one that. That says that the the first shall be the last and the last shall be the first and the greatest shall be the servant of all. The priorities of God's kingdom are humility and washing the feet of those around you. The, the, The value and the priorities of God's kingdom are not the values and the priorities of this world. And so if we're going to pursue excellence with a biblical worldview, we need to know it's excellent in his sight. Are we doing that? Are we pursuing that with everything in us? And then the the fourth thing, the the last value we're going to cover today is generosity. We value putting God first. We value transformed lives. We value not just being excellent in what we do, but doing things that are excellent. And then we value generosity. And and what we say is is not just generous with, with our money, but generous with our time, talents, and treasures being willing to invest in his kingdom, being willing to to recognize, number one, God, I am a steward. I'm not an owner. I'm simply a manager of the things that you've given me and trusted to me to manage. And so Lord, may I manage well. May I manage in a way that that pleases you. May I manage in a way that reflects your character. May I I manage in a way that that isn't closed-fisted, but God, may I live my life with open hands. Why? Because it's when we do that that we reflect his character. It's when we, it's when we, we, we are generous with what he's given us. Why? Because he first came. Because he was generous, we too can be, can be generous. It's not just money, it's time, talent, treasure. Last week, Pastor Rob talked about Acts chapter 3 in the story of Peter John at the gate beautiful and the man who was lame from birth, and they reached down and, and healed him as they were pursuing Jesus, they were partnering with him. And I love that story. I love Acts chapter 3. But, but as we look at that and as we think about that story, the man was expecting a monetary gift. The man was, was begging for people to be generous with monetary and physical things and material things. And here are two men filled with the, the Holy Spirit who come and they say, look, we... We are to be generous because our heavenly father is generous, because Jesus was generous. But but I'm not going to be generous with material things, but I will be generous with what I do have. He's sitting there and he's begging for for money. and, And Peter says, I have no silver, I have no gold, but what I do have, I give to you. What do you have to give? What can you be generous with? What have you been stingy with? What have you been trying to to hold or to protect or to keep for yourself? That's not the way that we are called to live. And so we will always pursue generosity. We will always celebrate generosity. We will always value and honor generosity as we seek to live lives of generosity. Why? Because it's when we live lives of generosity that we reflect his character. It's like, well, pastor, I I don't have a lot to be generous with. That's not true not true. What are the gifts that God has given you? How can you be generous with those? We've all been given the same number of hours in a day. How are you being generous with your time? Are you, are you being generous with your words? Are you encouraging and, and building people up? Is, is, that, is that something that you, that you value in your own life? We love it when other people encourage us, but then we are stingy with those in return. Not a, it's not a resource issue. Generosity is not about your resources. It's not about how much you have to give. It's a heart issue. And it's about wanting to give. The Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's a heart issue. It's not a resource issue. Louise, you can, you can come back this morning. Here's my challenge to you as we, as we think about these values. Really what I want you to do is, is as you go home this week and as you're, as you're spending time with the Lord this week, because we're all going to spend time with the Lord this week, Amen. as we spend time with the Lord this week, what I want you to do is I want you to have these, these four values. And I want you to, to compare your life against that filter because again the, these aren't just values of an organization because the church the church is an organism not an organization the church is us not this building so as a church what i want us to do is is if this is what we're creating and this is the culture that we are establishing and that is this is who we are what we value what we pursue what we honor as a collective group of people, am I doing that in my personal life? Because it's not enough for me to value generosity when I come in here from nine to 30 one Sunday out of two or three. But am I doing that Monday? Am I putting God first on Tuesday? Is my life being transformed on Wednesday? Am I being excellent on Thursday? Am I being generous on Friday? Are these values not just values that I hold for an hour and a half out of every week, but are these values present in my everyday life? Is it not just about the culture of Dream City Church, but is the culture of my home the same? Is the culture of my marriage the same? Is the culture of my my business the same? Am I putting God first? Do I value seeing lives transformed? And if my life has been transformed, am I passionate about inviting others to experience the same transformation that I have? Am I pursuing excellence and doing what is excellent? And am I being generous? Stand with me this morning. Lord, we thank you. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence that's here today. God, we we thank you for the power of your word. Even as we we see it in in Acts chapter 8, is this man who knew the law, is reading from your word. He, He was coming from worship, but yet, God, he hadn't had that transformational experience with you. And and through the power of the word and through the power of the spirit, through the power of a witness, his life was changed and transformed. Today, if, if you're here, maybe, maybe the, the challenge to be a Philip is, is above your head and beyond you. And you can't think about that because in this story, you're the unit. You're the man just traveling through life, needing a life-changing encounter. So if you're here today or you're watching online, wherever you find yourself, if you say, Pastor John, that's me. I need my life to be changed. I need my life to be transformed. You talk about abundant life and my life's a mess. I want to experience the life that Christ has paid for me to have. If you're here, would you do me a favor? I just want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. I want to lead you in a prayer of confession, repentance, and acceptance of Christ, but just wanna know who I'm praying with. If that's you, would you just do me a favor and just raise your hand and say, Pastor John, that's me. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Really quick, just flip a hand up, be honest enough, bold enough, courageous enough. Those of you that are watching online, thank you, sir. Those of you that are watching online, you can pray this prayer with us. doesn't matter where you are, pray it wherever you're at. If you're here today and you raised your hand, and you said, that's me, just repeat this prayer after me. Church, would you help us to pray today? Just pray this prayer out loud. Just say, Jesus, thank you so much that you gave up your life so I could find new life in you. I need that abundant life. I've been struggling on my own, trying to do it by myself failing miserably. Would you come into my life and change me from the inside out? I admit and I confess I'm a sinner in need of a savior and I receive you today, not just as my savior, but as the Lord and master of my life. Would you help me to put you first in every area from this day forward that I would love you serve you, and pursue you with all that I am and all that I have. In Jesus' name. Let me pray for you today. God, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer. God, the, the, the stories of life transformation that the seed has been planted today, and Holy Spirit, as you continue to water that seed, I thank you, God, that, that you bring the harvest. God, I I thank you in advance for the stories. I thank you in advance for the change and the transformation and the new life that has been been received and and realized today. God, I pray that you would help us to, to walk that out, to live it out. God, for us as Dream City Church, as this expression of your heart and your body, I pray that you would help us to put you first in everything, in every area. God, not just, not just as a church, but as individuals. God, may we value and pursue putting you first. May we, may we value life transformation, inviting people to experience that change, that joy, that, that peace that comes from relationship with you. God, may we pursue excellence in all that we do, bringing glory to your name. And God, may we reflect you and your character as we live lives of generosity. Go with us this week and give us opportunities to be filled and speak truth into somebody's life and circumstance. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Hey, listen, as you're being dismissed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, our prayer team is down here. We'd love to be able to minister to you, let you know kind of the next steps for you. If there's a need that you have, you want us to agree with, we're here to do that as well. If not, be blessed. Have a great Thanksgiving, church. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Be blessed. Love you guys. At Dream City Omaha, we're all about helping each other do three things. Discover Christ, Recover Identity, and Uncover Purpose. Please check out our past sermon series or online discipleship classes. And don't forget to hit subscribe and the bell for notifications on all of our latest videos.